This small child is going to kick your ass. I'm Nora. This is Attention Duelist. And I'm joined by Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia. Uh, thanks for waiting to do the intro until the fucking truck stopped making a racket right outside of my window. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I was just getting in the zone, getting some room tone, you know? From my perspective, it was like three, two, one. Go. And I'm like, yeah, you motherfucker. <laughs> Rebecca voice, I will eat you alive, girl. <laughs> That's Teddy. Uh, I think it, she's just doing a funny voice. I don't know. I think Teddy might be real. This might be a victorious situation. I don't think Teddy is real. Uh, if somebody wants to argue with us about whether Teddy is real, where can they send emails to? Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we got a whole podcast. Yeah, but you might as well, you know, always be plugging, they say. <sighs> we are the email gmail.com. Yes, it's from the old league podcast. No, we will never change it. We could. We choose not to. Fuck, fuck that. Gotta make a whole new Gmail account. Then I then this that would just give me a new burner Gmail. <laughs> All right, look, listen, listen. Uh huh. Yu Gi Oh. Yu Gi Oh. Yu Gi Oh. Episode forty. Aftermath. Uh, after beating Maximilian Pegasus, and I don't know if you remember this, but the end of the the five parter just ended with Yugi. Going like, all right, Pegasus, now you have to... Where did Pegasus go? Oh, no. Um, so they're running around trying to find Pegasus. It turns out that he went to his tower, um, where, he is, where he is actually releasing the souls of the Kaiba brothers and Yugi's grandpa, just like he promised. There's a lot of, like, very funny... There's multiple insistences by Dub Pegasus that he is an honorable man of his word. <laughs> and thus, because he super triple dog promised Yugi, he must release the souls. He narrates it to the camera, basically. This episode has a lot of people narrating. Uh-huh. It, it really feels like... It feels like they got a really specific voice director who was like, no, if the characters are not saying exactly what they're doing at all times, the children will be confused. This is the same sort of discipline that leads to the uh, Digimon dub where every, like, moment of quiet is filled in with a new joke. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, the moving image is not capable of conveying meaning. Only words in English. <laughs> um but yeah he releases all of the uh he releases all of the souls and then who should show up but bakura <gasps> who is like oh ho 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 tee hee 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 i'm gonna do a tarot reading for you with dual monsters <laughs> uh which is a really stupid bit but it sure does get pegasus ass it does. He basically predicts Pegasus's entire backstory, which you won't get until slightly later in this episode, and then they shoot laser beams at each other. But you will get it. You will get it. Some might say the bulk of the episode is Pegasus' backstory. Uh, so, confession. I always thought that the ancient Egyptian laser beams were like a dub invention, 
but I couldn't find any mention of that. It looks like this is literally just what happens. <laughs> is that they shoot laser beams at each other from their millennium items, and then Pegasus is overwhelmed, and Bakura uh, rips his eye out. And kills him, depending on what version of the show you're watching. Yeah, in the manga, there's like a there's like a, a gory panel of like a, a slumped over Pegasus missing his eye, while Bakura's like, oh, hoo, 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 and he's like licking the blood off the eye. It's a little grody. Is Pegasus dead in the Japanese anime or just in the manga? I, I don't remember. From what I understand, his surviving is an anime invention and it's in both languages. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was an anime thing or a dub thing. Yeah, because he'll show up later. Um, but you do have, in the dub, you do have that very funny bit where Yugi and the gang rush up to the tower and they find the, like, black suit guys taking Pegasus away and they have the Pegasus voice actor very clearly go, <laughs> Just to convey that is not a corpse. Not a corpse, not dead. He's groaning. And then just to convey it again, they talk to Croquet and they're like, what the fuck is happening? And Croquet is like, Mr. Pegasus is ill. He is alive, but you will not be seeing him for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, incredibly funny bit where Yugi's like, but what about the souls of my grandpa and the Kaiba brothers? And Croquet just goes, not my department. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk to operations for that. Look, it's good to know what your job is and to yeah. not, you know, Croquet let people make you quitting. do Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so they just kind of wander up to Pegasus's study and find like his uh and find his like immersive sim diary where he explains his entire backstory. It's um, really it reads more like a memoir than a diary, really. Yeah. Uh if I can if I can borrow a little phrase from Homestuck Leave This World. What happened was this. Uh, Maximilian Pegasus was the son of a rich guy. Um, they don't say what he did in the dub, uh, but in the manga, his backstory is that his dad owned casinos in Las Vegas. Damn. And that's why he was super rich. But uh, when Pegasus was a child at one of his uh, casino owning rich dad's fancy parties, he met a woman named Cecilia. Um and, like, they were childhood friends and sweethearts, and Pegasus became a painter, and they fell in love and got married, and then she turned into a flower right at the altar. And exploded. <laughs> and exploded. Um, apparently this is one of the few places in the dub where it explicitly, like, mentions that somebody died, because you yes. see her gravestone. But they did cut out a scene of Pegasus at her funeral, but him at her gravestone is fine. Um, I mean, if Batman can have a gravestone, then Yu-Gi-Oh can have a gravestone. Uh, I love, I love that her name is Cecilia Pegasus, because <laughs> um, they married and then she died, so she had to change. You know, she changed it. Um, and then after her death, Pegasus becomes depressed, and he goes to Egypt, as you do when you're depressed. And then he meets Shadi from the original season as you do when you're depressed wait i i don't mean to interrupt but i need to read you what this wiki says about cecilia okay cecilia was pegasus's lover who died when she was 17 the two had met at a party in las vegas held by pegasus's father 14 years prior that they're not three years old (laughs) Yeah, no, they are not three years old. That, <laughs> this is shot. not true. They are clearly like eight to twelve. There's going to be more age shenanigans <laughs> in, the, in this set of episodes. Um, oh yeah, the idea that I mean, okay, Pegasus is twenty-one in Duelist Kingdom. I thought he was twenty-four. Oh, he's twenty-four. Okay, so uh, we got a real case of the anime ages going on here. Yeah, he's 24. His birthday is October 8th, so happy birthday, King. Um, uh, not in the manga. R.I.P. <laughs> happy last birthday. So he runs into Shadi, and Shadi, quite reasonably, is like, dude, going to Egypt is not going to help you process your grief. You should go home and see a therapist or something. 
And Pegasus is like, I'm going to follow this strange Egyptian man underground. Um, and then he I, confronts Shadi, and Shadi is like, it was a test. The uh, the test comes when Shadi nebulously shoves the Millennium Eye into his eye socket. <laughs> uh, but he does follow Shadi to, like, the Tomb of the Millennium Items. And once you find the Tomb of the Millennium Items, you can't leave... Uh, unless you've been, like, tested and chosen by one of them, so Shadi gives him the eye. Um, you get the, like... This is interesting. Shadi says that the power of the eye is to see things that are outside of the mortal world. So, he puts it in and immediately sees Cecilia, but then he can't touch her because, you know, the power of the eye is only seeing... So mm-hmm. his his quest the whole time is to find a way to resurrect <clears throat> his dead wife. Using Pegasus, holograms? Pegasus, not only straight, but also a wife guy. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, um, so... I have a question. What is your question? Was Pegasus's destiny to have the eye... Or was it to lose the eye to Bakura? Or is Bakura breaking the chains of fate by stealing the eye? I think I think it's Pegasus's. I'm just bullshitting here. None of this matters. <laughs> I mean, the show is too. <laughs> I think it's Pegasus's destiny to have the eye, but then like one, he's not guaranteed to have the eye forever. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, he can take the eye out of that tomb, and then Bakura can take the eye out of him. <laughs> There's no problem. Do you, okay. Is Pegas- Pegasus doesn't have, like, a pre-incarnation, does he? What do you mean? Uh, in Egypt. There's not a, like, Egyptian Pegasus guy. I don't think so. Um, we'll I don't think he's that important. We get- we'll have to see when we get there. But no, he's not a reincarnation... The way that, like, the, well, the Pharaoh's not a reincarnation. Yugi's kind of a reincarnation. <laughs> there is a bonkers line at the end of this episode I really want to point out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the way that, like, Yugi and Kaiba and Bakura are all, like, re- echoes or maybe reincarnations of dead ancient Egyptian sorcerers, mm-hmm. Pegasus is not that. Okay. Pegasus is white through and through. <laughs> So white, his hair is white. <laughs> um, so yeah, they read this in the diary, and it turns out that Pegasus had a plan to combine the magic of the Millennium Items with the hologram technology of Kaiba Corp to like bring Cecilia back to life somehow. Unclear. He's gonna make a fucking NFT girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the blockchain, Yugi boy. And then he's going to use uh, then he's going to use an AI art program to generate <laughs> features. Cecilia Pegasus trending on ArtStation, huge boobs, massive boobs, make pregnant. Stop! I hate you so much. <laughs> so, um, they kind of read that diary, and everyone goes, "Wow, that was crazy." Well, he released the souls, so we really don't care about that anymore. And then they start going down the stairs, and Yugi is slightly behind them, which means he gets cut off when, like, a fucking portal opens in the stairs, and mm-hmm. Shadi comes out like, damn, the Millennium Items got stolen. That's crazy. Who's this kid? Who's this kid who I haven't met before? I guess we're retconning this. I guess this is... <laughs> Who's this, this kid I met in season zero, but now have not... <laughs> This is something we said we were going to look for and see if they refer to the first time that Shadi showed up in this version of the anime. And they don't. They don't. They're just, they remix Shadi's whole first appearance where he has a confrontation with Yugi, meets the spirit of the Millennium Puzzle, and then comes to like respect him at the end. Yeah. So season, season zero, I believe, is just non-canon at this point. Kind of non-canon. I forgot yeah. whether they I forgot whether they ever referenced like defeating the Millennium Ring spirit before. Uh no, I think so far the only thing we've gotten is that the the bully, the fake Joestar. 
<laughs> he does show up in a flashback. And he looks just the same. They, like, they just redrew that guy, but he looks like um, he's now in, like, 240p instead of the VHS that we, we had of that guy. <laughs> it is such a weird thing. Like, the manga doesn't do this. There's just continuity. Mm. But That is weird. Yeah, but the, like... The way the anime is, like, um, the way, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime is a reboot of the other Yu-Gi-Oh! anime is very strange, but... They should do another Yu-Gi-Oh! crossover movie, but have, like, Green Kaiba show up. (laughs) Have Green Kaiba show up and he's half as tall as regular Kaiba. (laughs) Um... So yeah, so so Shadi sees Yugi and is like, well, I'm looking for a guy who's taking... So like, he knows that Pegasus' Millennium Eye has been taken, but he doesn't know by who. So he just sees Yugi, who has a Millennium Item, and goes like, alright, I'm going inside your brain, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks up and points a key at his head and then turns it. Yes, this is stated to be the power of the Millennium Ankh. So, in this episode, we get Pegasus, Bakura, from Bakura, we get that Pegasus's Millennium Eye gives him the power to see into people's minds. However, the Millennium Ring gives Bakura the power to see into their souls. And then Shadi, his Millennium Ankh, has the power to see into people's brains? Hearts? Millennium items Uh. seem to just do this. Millennium items seem to do whatever the fuck they need to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very strange. But so, yeah, uh, Shadi kind of like walks down like a hallway that is the personification of like Yugi's soul. And there's one room which is like a child's room, which a little bit odd. <laughs> Uh-huh. Can we say can we say it's a little bit odd that like Yugi's soul room is like a child's playroom? It's got like the archetypical like kids toys, by which I mean a ball, a teddy bear, some blocks. Yeah. He's in high school. <laughs> yeah. He's not a child. It's a little strange, but nobody ever comments on this. Uh, I guess Shadi says he has a childlike innocence, but that's <laughs> that's generous, I would say. Um, so then there's also the other room, which is the Pharaoh's room, which is like a f- fucking like Egyptology adventure serial, <laughs> like room full of traps and spooky staircases. Oh, and- there, there's a great shot where. Shadi is standing there and it's like an upward angle and behind him is this huge pillar and ceiling covered in hieroglyphics and he just says I feel like I'm in an ancient Egyptian tomb (laughs) like yeah there's fucking hieroglyphics all over the place good job (laughs) yeah Yami uh, Yami tells him like hey man if you want to poke around my soul go nuts but like I'm not helping you if you get killed (laughs) um and this this is maybe the bulk of characters just narrating everything because mostly Shadi like walks around in silence so the dub has him constantly going like oh this is so complicated there are so many doors and his mental defenses are strong what is this mysterious man oh god a boulder <laughs> i'm falling into a pit trap and i might it, die it was a trap what is this it's it's the little Yugi. He has saved me from the pit trap. Um, Yugi gets a voice line where he says, I don't know why the other me is doing this to you, but I won't let him hurt you. So the thing where Yami Yugi is ready to kill a man and Yugi is like, please don't do that. It's a going concern. I'm Look, this is what happens when you're a monarch. You just lose all respect for human life. That's true. And he said he would be chill about it, but he's not chill about it. Now, to be fair, the difference here is that the last time it was Kaiba, a person that they knew, and the, you know, a, that's different from a guy who walked up and entered his brain. That's, that's true. And who, like, 
you did give fair warning, like, hey, it's fucked up in here. Welcome to my twisted mind. And he was like, <laughs> well, if you're not the Millennium Item guy, you have nothing to hide. <laughs> I might try to drop a mental pillar on him, too. Um, But, you know, you small Yugi is now with Shadi and is like, hey, I'm just going to, like, help you get around here and find what you're looking for. Because uh, I don't want to see you fucking die. And then the dark magician is summoned to, like, blast them. And Yugi goes like, no, dark magician, it's me, down boy. And he uh, obeys. Yeah, and then Shadi's like, oh my god, you are the chosen one. I no longer <laughs> care about <laughs> this whole millennium item shit, because you're the chosen one, and maybe you can get your... Maybe you can get all the Millennium items, but it will be good. And Yugi's like, what are you talking about? And Shadi's like, my job here is done. Goodbye. He literally says, like, I'm sorry for intruding on your mind. I didn't realize you were the chosen one. Uh, Very strange fucking episode. Very strange episode. A lot of the stuff is not going to matter. Also, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like yeah. shoddy will matter, but the Pegasus stuff doesn't matter. That's not going to come up again. It's like it's a weird thing where it's called aftermath, but they do not spend the episode like on the aftermath. <laughs> you know, like there's more Pegasus. There's more like Duelist Kingdom stuff that's going to come at the beginning of this episode, and then like. Shoddy coming back is such an unnecessary time waster because you learn nothing and like nothing interesting happens. I guess if you hadn't caught on that this Yuki kid might have something special going on, now you definitely know. (laughs) Because an Egyptian guy was like, holy fuck, you're the chosen one. Um, Kind of a, uh, kind of a bad episode, honestly. Yeah. And also, I feel like that the mind traps were cooler in the in the first one. Mm-hmm. I think there was more of that. Yeah. Um, episode forty one: The oh. Wrath of. Yeah. One last thing is that uh, he is now officially the king of games. That's true. They give him the king of games <laughs> title, and also the shining friendship card. I wonder if that's going to be useful. <laughs> In like two episodes, and then it will never come <laughs> up again. Uh, so, uh, episode 41, The Wrath of Rebecca. <laughs> uh, hell of a title. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, everybody meets up with Mokuba, who, if I may remind you, they just kind of left soulless on a balcony. Uh-huh. To go deal with other shit. But he's fine. And they're looking around for Kaiba. And they find Kaiba. And you know the brothers hug. And they're like oh I'm so glad you're okay. I love you. And Joey cries. Because uh, Joey's a sap. Um, and then Croquet Cro- comes up. And he's like here's a check for three million dollars. Now get off my island. Also all the boats are gone. This is super weird. Because everything. About this little wrap up. Where they get the. The Kaiba brothers, they get the money. This is like the first six minutes of this episode. Mm-hmm. Which it's should like, have been why in wasn't the last in... episode. Yeah, why wasn't this in the last episode? Could you not have spaced this better? Also, what happened to Mai? Because Mai is with them in this part of the manga. Mai left after she... After... The last time we saw Mai Valentine, she gave... Joey the card mm-hmm. or gave Yugi a card she during gave Joey semi-con? the card so that he could go fight Bandit Keith. Right. I guess she might have been packing up and leaving at that point. Well, in the I manga forget. she's there and this is like where she has her moment of like kind of everybody kind of acknowledges that she's just like chilling their friend. Um and then they all have to run after Kaiba to make him <laughs> like leave in his helicopter. I'm sad that they didn't animate the helicopter bits because there's like a really funny bit where they're all fucking crammed in the helicopter together, and Kaiba's like, "This is against safety regulations. <laughs> Fuck all of you." 
and I'm they're just like, glad you... it's not my dragon copter. <laughs> and Yugi's like, you owe us for literally saving your soul. And Kai was like, hmm, okay, but if this damages my helicopter, I'm gonna be mad about it. <laughs> and it's it... fine. I know you're good for it because you got that three million dollars. <laughs> and they make Joey like hold on to the ladder. <laughs> the like rope ladder. <laughs> on the bright fun. side, the sun will be up in a few hours. It's fun. They should have animated that. But anyway, they all get back and they meet up with Yugi's grandfather. This is the only episode of the dub where you will ever see Yugi's mother. She has no speaking lines. And it's just in a single shot of Solomon waking up. Furthermore, she's re- she's a redhead. That's where Yugi got the red. Okay, where did Yugi get the black and the gold then? <laughs> uh, his dad had his dad had black and gold hair, obviously. Um, she does have speaking lines in the Japanese version of the show. Mm-hmm. Right, I assume not... she at least shows up more than once. No, damn, she's only listed as showing up in forty-one and fifty. Oh, fifty. 50 yeah i think that's the i think that's the beginning of like i think that's right before like the date between yugi and and taya where she i think she is like yugi you're gonna be late for school uh it is mystery duelist part one okay so yeah so they you know they get the grandpa out of the hospital and they go back to the shop and who is waiting in front of the shop but Rebecca, eight years old, the best duelist in America. In America. I just want to point out, this means that at some point she defeated Bandit Keith for the championship, <laughs> which he did not acknowledge. I, I, I need to tell you my brain thing that just happened. Because okay. you said she must have beaten Bandit Keith. And my in my head, I was like... Well, Bandit Keith is actually Canadian, so maybe not. But no, that's a joke from the fucking abridged series that he's Canadian. Yeah, that's a joke from the abridged series. Ah, uh, my brain is Swiss cheese. <laughs> um, so Rebecca is eight years old, and this is the other bit of age shenanigans in the du- in the like original Japanese version. She's like twelve, but for some reason they made her eight. I I don't know. I guess because she's got the. I guess because she, she's got the bear, but like they're always giving her shit for having the bear anyway. So it's not like they wanted it to be like more normal, but whatever. Um, she's pissed off at Solomon because she claims that he's got her blue eyes white dragon. There are only four in the world. Kaiba has three, and hers is missing. Here's my question: Why four? Because Kaiba has a play set. You can only play three of any one, any given card in Yu-Gi-Oh, hmm. right? Kaiba has a play set. Uh, but there's four total in the world? Why would you uh, print that many? Ever? I guess... Uh, I guess... Um, it wanted a backup. <laughs> Just or- a fair- just a very strange bit. Like there could be other, there could totally be other blue eyes white dragons. Because the reason Rebecca thinks that Yugi's grandpa has her blue eyes is like because of a personal connection he shares with her grandfather. It's not like process of elimination. I guess, mate. Okay, what if there are only four? tournament legal blue eyes white dragons but you think there's tournament illegal blue eyes white dragons i think maybe there's more blue eyes out there with different art but the only ones you can use in tournaments are the four special ones okay well that's never said or even hinted at so no and it's stupid also but i had <laughs> the idea some shit. i made up some shit uh, <laughs> just like the Yu-Gi-Oh writers so they can't give her the blue eyes because Kaiba did rip it up at the beginning of the season. And we get uh, a flashback to that, too. We do. But Rebecca w- won't listen because she is eight years old and an asshole. Um, so she wants to duel Yugi's grandpa for the blue eyes. Um, 
But Yugi steps in and is like, hey, my grandpa just got out of the hospital. He can't be dueling. Um, one of my favorite lines in Yu-Gi-Oh, honestly. Um, and so Yugi and Rebecca are going to duel for the non-existent blue eyes on the on the line. Can you tell this is a filler episode? <laughs> I can. So they go to Kaiba Land, which is still which is still canon. Yes. So Kaiba Land does exist, mm-hmm. which means that I guess. Wait, did we know Kaiba Land existed already? Kaiba Land is is where the like Kaiba Land is where like that season zero arc takes place. Yeah, but didn't it come up earlier in this show or no? Maybe they went to Kaiba Land in the first episode, and that's where the like arena was that they dueled in. But I don't quite remember. I guess they went to Kaiba Land after Shadi existed in season zero. Yeah, because Kaiba Land was like the finale arc. Yeah. Season zero. Hmm. Um, so time yeah. and space is contorted. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The, the time, the, the reboot. That's oh, all. I thought you said diamond space. <laughs> no, no, no. Time and space. So, yeah, so they go to Mokuba and then they cash in the, like, you. we saved your soul favor to use a dual arena at Kaiba Land. Which That's... is incredibly petty. <laughs> it's also aiming really low. Yeah, like... Goofy. But so Yugi and Rebecca duel. And uh, Rebecca's strategy here is that she is going... Is that she's using all of the banned tutor monsters to, like, sacrifice and send to the graveyard to fill up her graveyard so that she can summon Shadow Ghoul and make it super powerful. Um, And the whole time that they're dueling, Yugi's grandpa is having, like, the slowest brain blast in the world. (laughs) Where he's like, hmm, those cards seem familiar. Hmm. That strategy seems familiar. (laughs) Hmm. Why do I suddenly feel thirsty and cramped? (laughs) Rebecca, are you the granddaughter of my supposed best friend, Professor Arthur Hawkins? That's right, I'm Rebecca Hawkins. Uh, That's what she sounds like. Apparently in the Japanese version, her name is Rebecca Hopkins. Huh. Um, Which is a real last name. Like, I don't know why you would change that. Uh, They're both real last names. Yeah. So why change it? But anyway, um, so after having this confirmed, Yugi's grandpa's like, I didn't steal that card. Actually, we were best friends. So what happened was this. (laughs) Yugi's grandfather, who is, by all indications, just a Japanese guy who owns a game shop and is kind of like an occult enthusiast went to Egypt to participate in an archaeological dig (laughs) run by a guy called Professor Arthur Hawkins, who had a theory that ancient Egyptians played Yu-Gi-Oh. Right. Now, are they already friends before? I think they are. No, they become friends on this dig. Okay, so now I don't know why he's there. (laughs) Exactly. All Literally all... Solomon says is, I traveled to Egypt to participate in an archaeological dig. And you never see him contributing anything to the dig. (laughs) So it's completely unclear why he's there. Uh, But this is like, you know, um, Hawkins' dig. Because this is his theory that, like, he's been looking at the hieroglyphs, and they are suspiciously similar to Duo Monsters cards. So he's got a theory that ancient Egyptians used real magic to play card games for uh, power and uh, the ability to send people to the Shadow Realm. Now, surprisingly, this is not a well-respected theory in academia. I can't imagine. Even though he does have pretty solid proof. Like, if you found fucking Pikachu 
on the wall of like an ancient Egyptian tomb, wouldn't it kind of blow everybody's mind? I definitely have some questions. Right? But everybody laughs at him. Um, so he, but like Solomon is chill with it. So he and Solomon become good friends. And then on another dig, uh, the tomb collapses around them. And so they, you know, they are like, it's a classic, like, oh, they're trapped and there's only enough water for one guy. So they have a duel to pass the time and also to decide who gets to have the water. And then Solomon throws the duel so that, you know, Arthur can get the water because he's in the worst shape. Um, and then it just so happens that they're rescued. And then off screen, this is never actually depicted, but, but Solomon claims that he gave, um, he, uh, that, uh, Arthur gave him the blue eyes, white dragon after that as like a, you know, you're my, you're my truest friend, man. Here's my blue eyes. Um, which much like calling in the, we saved your soul. So let us use one of your dueling arenas is like (laughs) kind of an unequal like you saved my life here's a trading card i mean it's it's one of the most powerful trading cards in in the world in a in a world where the trading card game solves most disputes so i think it's actually pretty pretty (laughs) okay but the trading card doesn't solve most disputes 20 years ago yeah how long okay (laughs) let's talk about time (laughs) here's the thing because like Yu-Gi-Oh is just a card game at the beginning of Yu-Gi-Oh it is not like the thing that will come of it in the sequel series right where it's like ingrained in society it's it's a card game that Pegasus invents during the timeline of the show yes and so and it and it becomes popular in Yugi's school during Yugi's like high school years, you know? There's yes. a point where the game is not as popular and then it becomes popular. But Yugi's grandpa is like in the past <laughs> having a duel, <laughs> but they also look the same, so it's ambiguous like maybe this happened like last year. Maybe. Um they kind of like you're going to see the professor at the end of this episode, but they kind of play it like maybe he died. You know, I think they really leave that yeah. possibility open until the last bit, because several times Rebecca will interrupt this story by being like, it's all lies. Fuck you. Ah. <laughs> and so he doesn't get to the part where they both actually survive this cave in until the very end, at which point, you know, Professor Hawkins shows up. And is like, hey, sorry my daughter believed that you stole something from me. I'm not really sure how she got that impression. <laughs> but I I was not able to dissuade her from this notion before she, an eight-year-old, booked a ticket to Japan to come and kick <laughs> your ass to get my card back. This is a really sloppy and weird arc. It's super weird. Um, the duel ends with Yugi, like... Almost, like, he's drawn the card he needs to win, but he surrenders in an echo of what Solomon did, except Solomon had a reason to surrender the duel, and Yugi does not. But then Yugi Hawkins... just wants to be nice. But then Hawkins goes over and is like, you see, Yugi would have won, Rebecca, so actually you didn't win, and he was teaching you an important lesson about... Not sacrificing your monsters to power up Shadow Ghoul, which is exactly what I did when I had this deck, but I respected my monsters, which I sacrificed to power up Shadow Ghoul. We also get... Uh, when does Yami... Is this a, is the Yami thing at the end? Oh no, we forgot to talk about Yami. Uh, he's Yami now, by the way. That happened at the end of the shoddy episode, and the <laughs> the line that I said I wanted to call out because it was so bizarre is uh-huh. when Yugi says, like, hey man, what is your name? He says, I have been called many things. Pharaoh, Yu-Gi-Oh, somebody, <laughs> Yami. So, first of all, uh-huh. 
He's amnesiac. Uh-huh. He's supposed to be an amnesiac. He wouldn't remember anything he's been called. Correct, yes. Second of all, Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> means king of games. Okay, but they're speaking English in the dub. But when the Japanese people came to ancient Egypt and were like, ah, the king of games. Uh... But also, how he doesn't know he's a pharaoh yet. He doesn't know he's a pharaoh yet. Um, and then Yugi's just like, well, I'll call you Yami. And I guess that's what we will just be calling him from now on. I guess the thing in the dub, is, or in this show maybe, um, is that he doesn't remember his name name, but he knows that he was a pharaoh. No, I don't think he does. I don't think he has any of his memories. Hmm. I'm pretty sure this will be established in, as we go into season two. Because in the I manga... Thought... In the manga, his motivation for joining Battle City is that he might recover his memories. This is something Ishizu tells him. Because I say that because he wasn't a pharaoh in Season Zero. No, he was just like the spirit of the Millennium Puzzle. So I thought at first, oh, is this a weird holdover, like a piece of information from Season Zero that we're getting retconned in? No. And then I remembered he's, he's not a pharaoh in that show. That's yeah. just not part of the text. So I thought that Pharaoh, I don't know. I don't know. Just a weird dub line that introduces a whole bunch of freaking questions. Yeah, the wiki calls this out as a continuity error, as Yami lost his memories of his time as Pharaoh by the time the series begins. <clears throat> okay, but <laughs> so the, the the Wrath of Rebecca two-parter just ends with the professor showing up and being like, you need to be nicer to your trading cards. Whereas Rebecca, the eight-year-old, is the one with the, with the, who just says, it's just cards, man. She's not even. <laughs> it's she's not like, like this is Pokemon. <laughs> she's like slightly mean to her tutor cards. Cards whose entire purpose is to be destroyed and sent to the graveyard. So like, you know, she like calls the, the Sangan useless, but like, it's pretty mild. She's not doing anything super fucked up, really. We've seen much worse behavior from characters on this show. Yeah, but it's just like, well, we need this weird little girl to, to teach you, a, you know, to teach her a lesson about friendship or whatever the fuck. Episode over. Know. Episode over. Are you ready for seven episodes of filler? <laughs> not really. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in dungeon dice monsters. I hear it's just like dual monsters. <laughs> no, there's a different strategic layer. <laughs> I do think the dungeon it, it the dungeon dice monsters arc in the manga is I think pretty fun. Um but I'm interested into what it, what it's going to be here because like they recycled significant they like took parts of the dungeon dice monsters manga arc out and put it into this two-parter, which is interesting. Oh, weird. In the manga, Duke Devlin wants to beat Yugi because of something that, like, Solomon did to his father. Oh, weird. Yeah, and so it's, like, it's that same, like, person who's on a revenge quest for, like, an older relative. Um, and then, like, becomes a, a friend at the end. So, it, it's weird. I'm not sure why they did this when, like... You could have just made the Dungeon Dice Monsters arc. Yeah. <sighs> but before that, we have the Legendary Heroes arc. We got the fucking VR thing. But not to be confused with the much bigger VR thing later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's two VR arcs. <clears throat> We're going to have a three-parter, the Legendary heroes and then we will have after that the four-part dungeon dice monsters and then that'll be the end of season one yeah and then it's battle city baby battle city baby let's go baby battle city yeah baby yeah love the bets <laughs> <laughs> um 
You know, they call New York City Battle City, too, on account of all the freaking crime going on here. <laughs> Chicago's the Windy Apple. <laughs> I get actually kind of annoyed whenever you do that bit. <laughs> We have an email. We have an email. Which, again, you can send us emails at wearetheemail at gmail.com. Feel free to send uh, emails in for uh, this arc, the next arc, etc. And we'll uh, we'll read them on the podcast. And it might sound a little something like this. Attention duelists, Kaiba has informed you that you get to design the next tournament to determine the king of games. Where is the tournament held, and are there any special rules? This comes in from Faden. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Alright. Underwater. Underwater? I, yep. I, was, I was also thinking, like... I, I was thinking, like, specifically, like, a cruise ship tournament. I, to be clear... I don't mean like in a dome underwater. I mean your cards are fucked. That's stupid. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, is it more stupid than survive on an island? Yes. Because <laughs> you can't breathe. <laughs> anyway, I want them all to be on a cruise ship and I want it to take place in like one of those like have you ever seen like a like a cruise ship with one of those giant like gala halls? I want that to be the I want that to be the setting. Um mm. and I also want it to be a team tournament where oh. like you have to you know you have to like form a team um and there's like team building strategy for like which players you're trying to get on your team and then like at the end of it one team will advance to the finals, and then they all have to duel each other. That's pretty cool. I think it would be fun. Um, I don't know that I can think of any actual, like, gimmick rules. Um, I like something with, like, having a mascot or, like, a hero card and you like dress up as the main guy in your deck it's kind of cute like oh i'm playing the celtic guardian deck so i'm i'm dressed up link (laughs) did you see that art i retweeted of kaiba in the blue eyes white dragon outfit no okay this is why this is i thought you had this idea because of this art i'm gonna put it in the channel real quick Please do. I guess I'm just kind of a genius. I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse. Oh, look at him. (laughs) He's so angry. It's like a very small, very grumpy looking Kaiba in a Blue Eyes costume where like the head of the Blue Eyes is like a hood that is covering his head. Now I need a Kaiba version of that angry Don Quixote picture. (laughs) Uh, Alright. He's trick-or-treating. He's trick-or-treating. But it looks like he's just got fruit in there. Man, Kaiba would be so pissed off. <laughs> I don't happened. pay you f- to trick or treat. <laughs> <sighs> Alright. We got anything else? Anything you want to say about these episodes? Uh, kind of bad. Yeah, not, I would say kind of bad. Not as bad as we've gotten before, but not good. Yeah. It's like we're really just killing time until the start of Battle City, which is not where you want to be. Yeah, Battle City is eight weeks from now, assuming no gaps in in airing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I do have a question for you. What's that? Where can people find you online? 
You can find me on Twitter at Great Grieve, which is a type of bird. Um, and there's a little pin tweet at the top of that profile that has this podcast and then two podcasts I don't do anymore, but I still think are pretty good. You should listen to the backlog of uh, Do Not Steal and Novel Not New. Hell yeah. They're good podcasts, man. They are. They got oh. good folks on them. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora. Uh, find stuff I've done at NoraBlake.online. I'm on uh, various podcasts on the Export Audio Podcast Network at exportodd.io, uh, which this podcast is a part of. Um, I'm also working on a solo podcast for patrons at exportodd.io, so keep Ooh. an eye out and ear out for that. All right. Especially if you like fantasy gaming. <coughs> um, I guess that's it for my plugs. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Until next time, to the arena! Yu-Gi-Oh! I just thought it was really cool when she... Well, I thought it was really funny when the eight-year-old yelled, To the arena! (laughs) Uh, Everyone is always yelling this at me for some reason. Yeah. You're the kind of girl they would yell to the arena at. Wow. You're the kind of girl who would go to an arena with someone. What does that mean? <laughs> For like a duel, because you're a fantasy bitch. Uh, you say I would get challenged to duels? I'm the type of girl who gets fights picked with? I think... No, I'm saying you're the kind of girl who, if someone did try to pick a fight with you and phrased it as like a duel, you would accept. I'd consider it. Yeah, see. Alright, goodbye everyone. Disappear. Bye. Never guessed that you'd be dressed in my clothes and in my shoes. You couldn't wait to move right in. If I were you, I'd be concerned. Ain't no way you're gonna win. Bet you didn't count on my return. Thought you were so dumb. You had it all under control. Now nothing's enough. Take back what you stole Keep it up, cause now I'm back